And uh, today's show uh, is uh, my monthly offering from uh, the book that I published a while ago called uh, Goddess Calling, Inspirational Messages and Meditations of Sacred Feminine Liberation Theology, and that's theology with an A, -A T-H-E-A-L-O-G-Y. And uh, if that's a new term for you, you know, liberation theology uh, is really uh, maybe what it sounds like to you. Uh, It's about uh, being set free, uh, breaking the shackles. And the whole concept is uh, the idea of uh, feminine values, which uh, both uh, women and men embody. This is not just a woman thing. It's a state of mind. Uh, It's about how, uh, you know, those are the new values that can help us have a better world, uh, help humanity uh, evolve, help us create uh, level playing fields, you know, equality, uh, you know, whether it be uh, economic equality or uh, any other sort of equality. You know, it's what sets us free from the oppression uh, and suppression and domination in a patriarchal world, uh, including, in my opinion, uh, predator capitalism, which uh, uh, has so many uh, people... um, you know, in in dire straits, uh, even before the pandemic, you know, people living from paycheck to paycheck, uh, working a 40-hour week, but still can't support their family. Um, You know, they need two jobs. And, uh, uh, you know, that's that's not what life was intended to be, I really don't think. So anyway, um, I will uh, get on to uh, today's uh, inspirational message, and uh, it is from Chapter 6. Uh, in the Goddess Calling book, and uh, it is called The Fires of Transformation, which I thought might be a, a, you know, a relevant topic for uh, this time of year. So what we're going to do is, if this is the first time you've tuned into one of these, um, I am going to read from the book uh, the inspirational message uh, that uh, would have been delivered to um, uh, you know, a congregation or a group or uh, you know, maybe it's just intended also for an, an individual for inspiration. And uh, then we're going to take a, a real quick break uh, so you can maybe get settled uh, in a comfortable place and we're going to do a fires of transformation meditation. Uh, but we will have, uh, you know, maybe a couple minutes. I'll play music in between, uh, because I can imagine that as you're listening to the message, uh, you might be busy doing other things. Um, and you will want to, uh, cease that activity and, uh, get comfortable uh, you know, in a uh, in a position, you know, that you normally would for a meditation, uh, of course, but no driving. <laughs> uh, don't listen to the meditation while you're doing something that, uh, 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 you know, requires your attention because we don't want any accidents. All right, so here we go. Uh, Fires of Transformation, Chapter 6, from Goddess Calling. Have you given fire much thought lately? I mean, have you really thought about fire, particularly as an instrument of change and transformation? You might have realized the four elements are not just components of the universe or Gaia, but of our own inner psyches or temperament as well. Earth is more than synonymous with the cardinal direction of the north and the physical land upon which we walk, but it embodies who we are and the gateway to manifestation. It's our physical journey of life, 
Water is not only representative of the westerly direction, it is also our emotions, inner vision, feelings, and intuition. Air in the east represents our psyche's ability to know, communicate, clarify, contemplate. Air fuels the vehicles of our creations. Fire, creative and destructive, and perhaps the most potentially volatile of the elements, hails from the south. It is the heat that stokes our passion and sexuality and arouses our will. It is the catalyst for growth and transformation. Experiencing the fire within, we are transmuted, and we affect factors outside ourselves, like falling dominoes, triggering, sparking, activating, and inciting further change. With fire, we take flight, we purify, we morph, we explode onto the world and transition from one thing to another. Unlike other elements, fire does not exist in a natural state. It takes physical form by overtaking or consuming the other elements. Thus, it is the master transformer. It is affected by the other three substances and vice versa. Alone, fire or the sun creates heat or temperature, but add air and the planet has weather. Add wind to a small flame and you might create a firestorm. Add fire to oxygen and you have an explosion. When certain elements of the earth mix with flame, we create bronze, iron, or copper instruments, weaponry, or jewelry. Lasers come to mind as coming from a form of fire, as well as electricity or solar power. Add the rays of the sun to growing things, and photosynthesis occurs. With too much heat and not enough water, dehydration and withering occurs. Add water to fire, and we get steam or combustion. Scientists say the ultimate fire explosion, the Big Bang, spewed forth the planets of the universe. Add the warmth of heat to food and we have cooking. Mix fire with potions and we have created medicine. Ancient alchemists were believed to be able to apply fire to base metals to create gold, maybe. Anyone who has sat around a campfire or by a crackling hearth knows the trance-like state the dancing flames might induce. Even the destructive nature of wildfire or lava is known to have positive benefits of purifying and cleansing, even making way for new growth. Fire's active and projective nature gives us the strength, endurance, passion, and will to grow and change. It enables us to stand in our truth and integrity and face adversity. Fire can be synonymous with the growing pains of coming into one's own power. It is about fashioning the tools of trust, faith, and prayer to help us in times of need. It's about standing firm when our abilities and beliefs are tested. It's about maneuvering the treacherous gauntlet of politics. Fire helps us burn away fear and self-doubt. We emerge from the cauldron steeled, liberated, and empowered. We have all heard of trials by fire. Life sometimes throws those tests our way, and how we respond is the measure of who we are. Fire demands we stand up and be counted and help lead the way. 
how we manage our fire may take the form of how we maneuver in the world within personal relationships, business, or social partnerships, and spiritual communities. Can we manage volatile situations, tempering hostility and fear with diplomacy and reason? How do we manage our will and passion, our ego and ambition? Are they in harmony and balance? Are they responsibly and compassionately directed? Are we a steady flame or do we burn out quickly? In other words, are we tenacious and focused to get a job done? Or do we tend to give up and not have the staying power? Fire teaches us about anger, rage, and boundaries. For a long time, women were taught to be nice, not make waves, be charming and polite. These can all be positive attributes under the right circumstances. Fire teaches one to know her personal boundaries and learn to say no without guilt when someone crosses a line. Fire gives one permission to have justifiable anger and rage. Fire enables us to dare and risk, but we must be sure we temper that with reason. Fire is about tapping into and harnessing the energy of the universe as well as the personal power or potential within. It is about learning to direct that power toward an intention for positive effect or healing. This can be called prayer or magic. Having good motivations and intention is of utmost importance when projecting one's will. Fire is also about knowing when to surrender and trust. Obviously, fire is about change and transformation. It can be an obvious positive change or an uncomfortable transition, but often I found even the latter was not without benefit. As a friend told me, you just have to look for the gift. Can you see the benefit a wildfire or spewing lava might bring? Fire gives us the tenacity to break bad habits and perhaps cleanse ourselves of dis-ease. We can further work with fire as a symbol for authority, leadership, and self-empowerment. This can be done using visualization or with direction of our will and prayer and meditations, alone or in group ritual. More linear methods such as research and study might be employed as well, especially when you have to tenaciously dig deep and find the facts. God of Spirituality provides a toolbox of practices to help us understand fire, to harness it, and to make the powerful element our friend. We can use archetypes of fire and work with the aspects associated with that power using sacred symbols or individual goddesses such as the lion-headed Egyptian goddess Sekhmet. The Lady of Tenacity Manifested is the new name I have coined for Sekhmet, adding to her thousands of ancient ones. After walking with her for years, discussing her with Reverend Patricia Perlman, former caretaker of the Sekhmet Temple outside Las Vegas, Nevada, I believe Sekhmet teaches courage, strength, and integrity. Those who fear Sekhmet fear their own power. For women, she is particularly important because she teaches us to empower ourselves, to know our strength, and to never let another take our power away. She schools us in confidence and sends lessons our way to steal and enable us. 
She allows us to grow and find the inner drive and determination to see things through. She is that energy and power down deep inside that can be called up when we must stand up and be counted to speak out or to make things happen. She teaches us to say no. And as such, she's the perfect goddess for male and female feminists who are tenaciously struggling for a world of justice and equality. Her lesson of tenacity is not unlike water that wears away rock, bit by bit, slowly, continually, never giving up. She is the constant ebb and flow back and forth, one step forward, two steps back, until success is achieved. She is truly the Lady of Tenacity Manifested. Sekhmet is associated with the sun, which can either be life-giving and sustaining or deadly under adverse or careless circumstances. In understanding this aspect, she teaches us diligence and discernment. As we come into our power, we must also know the importance of employing care, personal responsibility, and accountability in all we do. Genevieve Vaughan, benefactress of the Sekhmet Temple outside Las Vegas, draws comparisons between the legend of Sekhmet in which she went on a rampage caused by the evil of people to an appropriate warning for us now because we allow ourselves to be drugged into giving up the political and economic power that we could use to stop the destruction of Earth. She said, Patricia uh, Genevieve Vaughn, uh, she said we should heed Sepmet's warnings and stop sipping the drugs of lies, allowing ourselves to be disemboweled by consumerism and substance abuse. She sees Sepmet as a liberated human animal who will not allow the destruction of Mother Earth. Sepmet has become an icon and archetype of imminent female power. In this goddess, this archetype of fire and transformation, we see all phases of woman. She is the lioness mother, regal, independent, instructive, loyal, and playful as she indulges her cubs. Yet she is certainly capable of destruction if she must protect herself or her children. She is might and right, and one feels safe in her embrace. She works in partnership beside other lionesses in her pride to feed and protect her family, or she goes it alone when necessary, standing in her own authority and authenticity. A mother and healer, it is said she created humanity with either her tears or her breath. Her male consort, Ta, is the Egyptian builder god, and her son, Mahes, the patron of doctors. She is the stuff of creation, not devastation, as a patriarchal myth would have you believe. Beautiful and capable, the essence of transformation, you call upon her to assist you to remove obstacles with her power and blinding light. See her golden eyes as lasers able to crumble the most formidable foe. In rituals, she may be called upon to heal us physically and mentally, and we might enlist her strength to help us banish what no longer serves us. To embody Sekhmet, to feel her fire, is to become the empowered woman or man capable of standing up to life's challenges and accomplishing your goals. To know her is to be able to find your sacred roar, to change yourself. 
and the world to find our sacred roar. Yes, yes, to find our sacred roar. How about this? Yes, that's an actual roar of a real lion. (laughs) It doesn't sound quite like we think it might. At least I don't think so. It's much more deep and guttural uh, than maybe, you know, we hear in The Lion King uh, or other recreations of the actual thing. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a break uh, right now to give you a chance to uh, get settled. And um, while we do that, uh, I'm going to let you hear an outtake uh, from um, the film Femme, uh, Women Healing the World. And uh, this is me you'll be hearing. Uh, This is what got left on the cutting room floor. Um, well, I, I think we, we have to really give ourselves permission to rethink everything. Uh, we have to rethink our religion. We have to rethink our politics. You know, very long ago, uh, you know, things shifted away from the idea of, uh, of us valuing nature. And let's face it, you know, goddess is nature. And as a result of us uh, being told that uh, nature is evil, uh, you know, women and their bodies and sexuality, that's all become a taboo subject uh, rather than something sacred like it used to be. Um, we have to rethink that. Um, we have to, you know, rethink what we value in the world. Uh, are we going to value a big bank account? Uh, or are we going to value what we contribute to society, how we are in service to each other? And I think, you know, with patriarchy and, um, and capitalism, it's all about competition. And that means there has to be winners and losers. But if we look for ways to collaborate, collaborate, if we look for ways to be in partnership with one another, whether it's your friend or whether it's, uh, you know, a corporation or whether it's another country, uh, the world would be a much more uplifted and evolved place less likely to end in war, less likely to end in, um, you know, one, uh, you know, country or corporation, you know, being dominated by another and uh, the suffering that results from that. Uh, we, we've seen so much militarism, colonialism, uh, you know, all of these isms, the, you know, the sexism, the homophobia, you know, all of these different things that, um, you know, that, that start with religion and move through politics, move through traditions, move through society, and, and shape how we do things. We have to have the courage to shed light on um, how this all began, 
how uh, what was normal got turned on its head and sort of right things so that, you know, we're, we're at a place of balance. You know, it used to be the ancient Egyptians talked to us about, um, you know, they were, they were so afraid of things being out of balance because once things went out of balance, we would have chaos. Well, the world is out of balance. It started with a gender imbalance where it was the masculine over the feminine, and we just had an imbalance, uh, you know, throughout history, whether it be one, you know, one country and power over another or the rich over the poor or whites dominating blacks. There's always this dominator model where, uh, you know, someone's always trying to climb on somebody else's shoulders to get ahead. Well, we need to think more of, about level playing fields. We need to think more about an egalitarian society where there's equality, where there's justice. Um, where, where there's truth, where there's freedom, and actually, the you know there are goddesses in their mythology that help us lead the way, that provide a template for us to um, embrace these sort of ideals in society. Uh, yes, it is about uh, trying to create a win-win situations um, and. Uh, if uh, we went into negotiations or collaborations uh, with that idea in mind, uh, rather than domination or, or winning, uh, that would certainly uh, create better outcomes. Uh, maybe it sounds uh, idealistic, but uh, it's certainly something uh, we can strive for. Uh, again, I think it would create better outcomes. Okay, so one last thing before we start the meditation. Uh, you'll have another minute, a minute and a half to, um, uh, you know, to settle yourself and uh, get comfortable before the meditation begins. This is from Jonathan Nightshade, a traditional craft practitioner and researcher, writing about Joe Carson's book, Celebrate Wildness, Magic, Mirth, and Love on the Feriferia Path. I love this book, how special this work is, and how appreciated. As someone who was young in the 1970s, and through the years, only found snippets of information on Feriferia, one of the first modern pagan paths, this book comes as an artistic revelation of the core practices of the way of the goddess and gods reborn for the next age of the Divine Maiden. She has clearly introduced the historical background, philosophy, and ritual practices of the joyous wilderness mysteries of the fairy faith, illuminated by the marvelous pagan art of Feriferia's founder, Fred Adams. I was very pleased that the high-quality production of this oversized volume makes it a collectible work of art, as well as a testament to the visionary philosophy of Fred Adams. I feel blessed that I received a copy. I will treasure it and look forward to the next book for more of the deep philosophy and ritual practice of Feriferia. Celebrate Wildness is a dense art book quality hardcover book. You can get it for just $45 from the Feriferia website at feriferia.org. That's F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A dot org. 
Okay, so I hope uh, you're ready, and I've given you enough time uh, to get settled and get comfortable for uh, the meditation, uh, which uh, also involves uh, Sekhmet and the fires of transformation. You know, I think uh, Sekhmet, uh, in a way like Kali uh, or some of the other goddesses, uh, has been misunderstood. Um, You know, over time, uh, through patriarchy, uh, our goddess myths have changed. Uh, You have Hera going from this powerful universal goddess uh, to becoming um, a little more than, um, you know, a a nagging wife chasing after her uh, philandering or womanizing husband Zeus. Uh, You have Aphrodite who... um, uh, teaches us about all the many different kinds of love, uh, becoming, you know, nothing more than, um, you know, a boudoir babe. Well, uh, you know, Sekhmet is uh, another one of these uh, goddesses that I think suffered in the hands of patriarchy uh, or misunderstanding, um, like Kali. I mean, uh, from Kali we have the thuggies, uh, because when the British came to India, uh, they saw her image, and um, I'm sure they were quite afraid of her. And, uh, of course, um, you know, we, we know how things go. Um, you know, the powerful female is uh, demonized like Lilith. Uh, well, I think uh, Sekhmet uh, falls into that category, too. Uh, if you hear the one myth that's out there about her, the only one we've been able to find, uh, she comes across as a mercenary uh, for her father, Ra. And uh, I believe uh, that is so far from the truth. I've talked a bit about her um, you know, in the uh, in, in the inspirational message, and uh, I would just encourage you to um, look a little bit deeper into her, uh, because uh, I don't believe she is uh, anything like that myth. I believe that myth was designed to make women fear their own power, to make men fear uh, the the female force, and uh, you know, and that is what. Uh, the myth uh, was about. Uh, Certainly she was no mercenary. Um, She's reflective of uh, uh, the the lioness, as I talked about in the inspirational message. Uh, She's also a mother and a healer. And she teaches us to have healthy boundaries uh, because, quite frankly, in the world we live in, Uh, We're living in a dominator culture, one of abuse and exploitation, Uh, you know, one where we normalize that abuse, and we should be setting healthier boundaries uh, for ourselves. And I think she is a a goddess, an archetype, an energy that uh, helps us do that. So um, here we go. Uh, We're about ready to start our meditation now. So uh, find a comfortable spot to sit or lay down, begin to relax and breathe, breathe deeply, in and out, in and out, let the worries and cares of everyday life drift away, try to focus on the sound of my voice. Imagine you're laying down in a cool green meadow. Tall grasses are all around you. A line of trees are in the distance. And behind that, 
tall mountains, still with traces of winter snow at the highest peaks. You feel the cool, gentle breeze on your cheeks, and you're perfectly relaxed. You're comfortable. You breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. One more time. In, out. You're not worried or concerned about a single thing. There's nothing that can harm you here. The sun is shining brightly overhead and you are content, soaking in the beauty, the warmth, the abundance the mother has all provided for you. As you lay there on your back, eyes shaded toward the sun, you hear a slight rustle in the tall green grasses just beyond you. There seems to be something moving closer toward you, but you're not alarmed. You are perfectly relaxed as you hear the gentle footsteps making their way toward you. You are in the domain of the mother. You know you are perfectly safe. Continue to breathe in and out. As the sound coming toward you stops, you look over in that direction and partially cloaked by the grasses, you see the outline of a large golden feline. What catches your attention are her eyes. She looks at you. She looks through you. In that instant, you feel her energy like sunbeams projecting toward you, making you feel powerful, capable, nurturing, and wise. As you continue to gaze into each other's eyes, you suddenly feel your surroundings go hazy and liquid. The big cat moves closer to you, inviting you toward her. Your eyes are inches apart from each other, and you covet this magnificent feeling she emanates in your presence. Within seconds, you no longer see her, but you feel her inside you. You look down at your feet, and they are shifting shape painlessly, miraculously, wonderfully. You look at your arms and hands, and they too are beginning to look like the supple, agile limbs of a feline. You attempt to utter your astonishment, and your voice comes out in guttural purrs. Then you look to your right, and she is standing beside you. It is Sekhmet, the lion-headed Egyptian goddess. You see her walking upright as a feline woman. She is beckoning you to walk alongside her. She takes you by the hand as you both walk together through the tall grasses. All the while, you feel her eyes and breath on you. Her intense stare is imparting not only ancient wisdom, but courage, strength, and tenacity as her gifts. While you were basking in the glow of this energy, you had not realized she had walked you beyond the grasses toward a cool grotto of trees. 
and you see a cave in the distance. She gestures for you to walk toward the cave. Behind you, all the while supporting you, silently imparting discernment and knowledge, she directs you to sit in the cool, inviting darkness of this womb-like space. You hear her voice in the silence telling you to close your eyes. And in your mind's eye, you see images, and these images impart sounds and give you a higher sense of awareness. Sit a few moments with these images and ideas. Let them flow to you. Absorb them as if you were a sponge. Remember the ancient wisdom you are being shown here. You feel the images fading now, getting harder to grasp until they finally cease. They're like sand slipping through your fingers. You naturally open your new feline eyes and you see clearly in the darkness. You breathe deeply as if by doing so, you anchor in these newfound ideas, thoughts, and messages. You no longer see her there physically, but you still feel the lingering energy of her presence within you. You feel your empowerment, your agility, and your creativity, and you flex these newfound muscles. Soon, soon, you know it is time to exit the cave. Walking toward the opening, You glimpse the sunlight just beyond. As you step into the full light of the golden sun, you glance down at your feet, hands, and arms. They are once again your own. You walk back through the tall grasses, feeling the green growing things gently caressing your limbs as you go. But that is not all you feel. You feel changed and transformed. You return to the sacred spot where this all began. You sit down on the soft, velvet-like grass, and you breathe. You breathe yourself back into awareness. You are relaxed, but you are also transformed, for she is still and always will be a part of you. Take a deep, cleansing breath and slowly bring yourself back into the room where this all started. Open your eyes now and breathe. If um, if you uh, like Sekhmet, if uh, you feel particularly drawn to this uh, meditation, uh, you can do it uh, over and over again. Uh, Possibly each time you uh, enter the cave with her, you will uh, be given uh, new ideas, new wisdom, uh, new uh, inspiration for creativity. 
so you might want to think about doing it often. Uh, you could either uh, save this uh, reading that I've just done for you in a place where you can access it. Uh, maybe you'll want to um, uh, read it yourself. Uh, you know, into your phone uh, and record it so that you can play it back. Um, however, you might want to do it, um, you know, if you want to have access to this, you know, particularly if you feel like you're going through uh, some changes and need a little extra boost, uh, a little extra help. All right. Uh, well, that about uh, does it for today. Um, I want to thank you for being with me. I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, all the messages uh, uh, you know that uh, uh, I've shared today, um, you know the uh, hopefully the inspiration uh, for some creativity, for uh, some change, if that's uh, what you're looking to do. Um, I know the pandemic has certainly changed many of our lives. Um, I'm seeing more often uh, people don't want to return to the way things were. Um, you know, they want a new normal, and uh, I totally get that because uh, what was before, uh, what was normal before really uh, didn't bring a lot of people happiness. We just kind of endured it. We became familiar with it, uh, but it really wasn't our first choice of how we would like to live our lives. And um, this time off, so to speak, I think has given people time to think, uh, to get off that hamster wheel, um, and... Um, you know, maybe give themselves, um, you know, some time to really think about uh, who they really are, their authentic self, what would really make them happy, you know, maybe some changes or transformation they can make uh, to take their life in a different direction, uh, to escape the wasteland, uh, as uh, I think is becoming uh, the term these days. Uh, so... Um, that about does it. Uh, that's all I have to say for you today. Uh, just uh, remember what we focus on, uh, we manifest that. Uh, so you want to be very careful uh, what you nurture uh, that survives and thrives. Um, so you want to be focused on uh, positive things that uh, you really want to manifest in your life and uh, what you neglect withers. So don't... Um, don't marinate on things that no longer serve you. Don't marinate on things that uh, uh, don't bring positive, uh, harmonious, happy things into your life. Uh, let those go uh, as best you can. I use the um, energy of Sekhmet, uh, her fires of transformation, those laser eyes of hers to burn away those obstacles, those negative thoughts. All right, then, dear listeners, uh, I will be back uh, again with you next week. Uh, I believe we are, we are on track now uh, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. And uh, remember, uh, I am always open to uh, a great conversations and uh, new guest ideas, uh, so reach out to me at uh, KarenTate108 at Yahoo.com if you have an idea for a show. And uh, please visit my website, um, uh, it's changed uh, as of about a year ago. Uh, it is uh, KarenTate.net uh, now, KarenTate.net. I hope you'll go there. Uh, you can sign up for my uh, newsletter, Dancing at the Edges with Karen Tate. Um, find out more about uh, my books that are on sale. 
and um, and also too, uh, there's a link there uh, to uh, you know click on to the show page for the radio show if um, you know you are not accessing the show uh, from uh, the blog talk uh, website. All right. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. I hope you're having a great summer. Uh, stay safe. Uh, be well. And uh, I'll be back with you next week. And until then, there's lots of great stuff in the archives. Uh, please avail yourselves of, uh, of, of uh, that wisdom from foremothers and way showers, uh, women and men alike. Uh, it's all still relevant. And uh, while we have this downtime, um, you know, take advantage of it and take a look at what's there. All right then. Bye for now. <laughs>